Hey gang, big news in the world of We Hate Movies live appearances in this one. Well, you better get your holiday coat on because it's not happening until December. We're so excited. It's actually a hometown show for this Jersey boy. Only you. Jersey City's beautiful White Eagle Hall will be hosting the We Hate Movies podcast. And we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie, Eric Siska. What is that oh movie? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it is the Santa Claus, the original film. Not Out of way. Is it original? Yeah, it's original. The first one. Tim Allen <laughs> yes. finds a fat so falls off his roof. Yep. yep, we're gonna be talking all about it on December seventh, which is a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> White Eagle Hall. I mean, it, it incidentally lives in infamy. We, right. We're just we're to yeah. the side of it. We're adding to the infamy. Yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's more infamy because this will be uh, our debut in Jersey City, and this is what it's come down to, folks. Steve Sadak. Refusing to get on planes, mm-hmm. refusing right. to get a driver's license to help right. out with rental cars. I refuse to get on a train for this show. I'm fucking right. walking. Oh I gotta walk to the venue. So I guess this is the new normal, gang. Only wherever Steve's <laughs> legs can carry him. But it's an awesome venue, and it's really close to the train. If you're like you're in the, in the city, or if you want to drive in from Pennsylvania, wherever. Mm-hmm. Right, the path train's not too far. Right, path train's a, a stone's throw away. A here. Stone's throw, folks. Come on out to the White Eagle Hall. That's right. Tickets are on sale now, so get them in advance. Get them fast. This is going to be a popular show. December seventh, White Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey. Tickets available right now at whmpodcast.com. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all You know, I think the second week of this uh, summer break that we're on, I've sweated off about 10 pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, that's your Dracula laugh? Dracula. <laughs> that's right. This week's WHM Summer Rerun is the fan-favorite episode, Dracula 2000. Can I, mm. can I say something a little personal about this episode? Yeah, sure. This is my favorite Eric Siska joke of all time. What? Oh, yeah. Actually, it's mine, too. Yeah, it's, really? it's, it's, it's where you peaked, and honestly, I keep waiting you wow. to come, come ascend wow. back to that level, <laughs> wow. and you never have. The, wow. Elliot, the Elliot Smith remark. Wow. It's classic. So uh, listen to this episode and, and, and hear when I was good on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very funny episode. We were having a lot of fun on it. Talking yeah. about, you remember the Virgin Megastore? Mm, yeah. The Super Burglars. Oh, and this is actually, I think, the first time in show history, because I think I've done it like two or three times, where I tell the story about me getting <laughs> booted out of an aisle by Fred Durst's bodyguard. You know what? Honestly, if you've only told that story three times, that's like six times too less. Because <laughs> that's a great story. And here's something else. Wes Craven has passed on. I, I haven't listened to this episode in forever. Yeah. 
Sometimes we do this show weekly. We do this show in context at the time. Of all, the minute. Of all the information mm-hmm. we have available at minute the time. Minute by minute. And right. You're not going to go back and edit stuff. And I'm talking specifically about the She's All That episode. Look, Paul Walker died. We were making jokes about him before then. Yep. After that, we didn't make jokes about him. If we make jokes about Wes Craven in this, the dude's a master of horror. He's an amazing director. This was a shitty thing. Let's all relax. And, you know, that goes fucking double and triple for our episodes on Vampire in Brooklyn. Yep. And especially mm-hmm. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Exactly. And all Jim Belushi movies. Stay tuned for his death. <laughs> Now we're going to have to fucking caveat the rerun episodes as well. Oh, man. But seriously, I loved Wes Craven. uh, Yeah. And so if we're making jokes about him in this, I don't remember, but it's entirely possible. Sure. Uh, Yeah. So that's what it is. Why don't you, the audience, find out? (laughs) There you go. Enjoy Dracula 2000. The film is Dracula 2000 from, appropriately enough, the year 2000. Oh, man. I remember I caught this in the theaters. Yeah, ouch is right. I was disappointed then. I was disappointed now. It's it's one of the problems I find with Dracula lore. And that's why, like, I don't care for a lot of those hammer pictures that are, like, the nth incarnation of Dracula. And he's hanging out in the 1970s and whatever. It's like Dracula should be left with fucking horse-drawn carriage culture. And that's it. Once the automobile came around, Dracula's done. (laughs) He just he willingly walks out into like the public square and gets burned by the sun Mm -hmm. (laughs) or hit by a car. (laughs) Henry Ford finally slayed Dracula. (laughs) Do you think that's what they wanted that shitty Jeff Bridges movie to be about? Uh, Tucker, a man in his dream. (laughs) (laughs) His dream of killing Dracula. (laughs) Jeff Bridges is like, well, I couldn't figure out how to kill him, so I'll just put out this line of cars. Uh, So right away, you know you're in for trouble because this Dimension Film logo comes up, and you're like, that's cool. They put out Scream. What's different about this? Oh, I know. It's fucking blood red. Thanks a lot for setting me up, Miramax. This is a very influenced by Scream. This is one of those the last movies that used the Scream box cover. Yeah, you know I mean? where like it's every it actually just said scream on it. <laughs> yeah, Please just... rent this. <laughs> they used to trick you back in the old days. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the... the old days of the bait and switch in the video distribution market. No, no, no. They would do. It was always the same thing. Like since Scream, it would be like headshots of all of the the major characters, kind of. Uh, I guess like going into a vanishing point. Like it would be always like uh, eight yeah. people. Like. Yeah, headshot into each other. Yeah, Scream did that. Scream, I think, started it, but then Mimic did that shit. Phantom certainly did it. Uh, uh, isn't there another one in there? Maybe I'm just thinking of Mimic again. I, this reminds me of when I ma- when I when I married it. No, when I rented <laughs> Dracula 2000. Back I now then. pronounce you man and shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's eventually going to happen to me. But that's what happens out in international waters. <laughs> man and cow. But it wasn't always. It was so cool in Blockbuster when the new movie would come out. You'd have that cool every. It would always get a bookshelf to itself, mm-hmm. and it made it feel important that you were renting it, even if it was Dracula two thousand. Yeah, if I walked into a video store and there was just the wall of the same thing, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, this is. I'm really I mean, here for something." I always hated that because I was just like. Oh, they're you know, overcompensating for this. Like, oh, <laughs> trying to make it the biggest movie ever. Like, I I would only go to Blockbuster once in a while. We had this small, like, mom and pop video store. Nice. And it was always just, like, 
it had like four or five on the shelf and that's it. And it was not like a huge ceremony for, for a movie to be released on video. That's Yeah, that's cool. I would always go to I, – I went to Blockbuster like every chance I could. And I was like hiding movies for when I wanted to rent them later. I would just switch oh, them yeah. around like a real fucking piece of wow, garbage. I was, little snots. I was a video store outlaw with that shit, man. It was that. And then also my sister and I had a nice game of uh, switch the tapes in the box, uh, which most famously occurred uh, during – Pinocchio, the Disney movie, and Pinocchio's Revenge, that shitty horror movie. <laughs> we swapped those fucking tapes out. <laughs> we warped some kids' brains, and now they're they're killers. <laughs> so this movie, right away, by the way, it's again you get this red dimension films logo, and you're like, ah, okay, that's whatever. But then there's a boost of hope. Wes Craven presents, and you're like, okay, it's still 2000. He has not soiled his reputation yet. Yeah, it was like a comeback time for him, right? I mean, yes. The when, first when scream was, come out. First scream was ninety six. Second scream was ninety nine. But then, I think this. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm gonna correct myself on this. I think this was right when he fucked himself because Scream Three was also the year two thousand. Yeah, that's and the end of it. That's a wretched movie. So we start this flick. Useless Dracula flashback. It's just yeah. You're. It's the credit sequence, and it's a bunch of. You think you're about to, like, it's going to start out in the olden days because it's like Dracula's on this, it's a boat, and everyone's dead, and there's right. like a coffin. Some, that- yeah, there's some dirt around because, you know, that's how Dracula sails around the world with earth. He needs earth, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is cool. This is how, this, this is how the movie's going to start. And like, he finally gets to the shores of London. He's like standing in a, in a catacomb like Jack the Ripper. And then it's like, London, 2000. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> It's such a tease. And also, we should get right into it. This movie is one of those shitty things where it's like, oh, yeah, that Bram Stoker book, Dracula, that's such a bunch of hooey. <laughs> and it's like, I, I hate that because it gives you this false idea of like, well, that's just a stupid book. But this story's the real deal. Does that make Bram Stoker a journalist? Like, what? <laughs> was, was he field reporting yeah, Dracula? He was, he was embedded with the Draculas. <laughs> I love the trend, and this is, you can catch a lot of these on Netflix. The whole trend of like, if I just put Bram Stoker's in front of whatever the fuck vampire movie, yeah. cha ching, and it's some of the worst shit you'll ever watch in your life. Like Bram Stoker's Dracula's Garage Sale. It's like, who gives a shit? Bram Stoker's Dracula Party? Yeah, and it's like he fucking did one of these and no one cares. But the, the, that also happens in Hook, too. Is like Maggie mm-hmm. Smith is like, oh, that nice man, J.M. Barry, was across the street. And, oh, did he spin a tale about us? It's like, no! Didn't they presuppose in that movie that J.M. Barry was also an orphan and she had raised him? It's so crazy. It's like, I don't like when the, the fiction is real and like, just pretend in your world that book never came out. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's a surprise to everybody. It just makes no additional like positive it doesn't make your story any stronger that like that was the fake story and this is the real thing like it's it's so fucking useless yeah. so the the person uh taunting the fact that you know his life was based off of whatever uh is christopher Plummer playing what you're first introduced as a a descendant of the real abraham van helsing yeah matthew van helsing he calls himself great and you know <laughs> If I recall correctly, 
when I saw the the movie for the first time in the theater, I was like, well, he's just Van Helsing somehow. Like, I don't know how they're going to rope this in, but he's definitely just Van Helsing somehow alive in 2000. And what a fucking shock. Well, because he's introduced Johnny Miller as like his assistant or whatever. And he's like, oh, Matthew, we've got this great new crossbow. And he's just like, isn't this interesting? And he's like, yes, put it in my private collection. Like, oh, you're Abraham Van Helsing then. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, exactly. That's where you put all the things that you remember from 200 years ago. All the stuff he pawned back in the day. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You think it's like uh, the Inside Inside Man with Christopher Flubber where he's got all those like terrible <laughs> Jewish war bonds or whatever the fuck evil shit he was up to in that movie? I, yeah, I don't remember what exactly they were trying to scheme out of that. I just remember the end of it is Clive Owen hides in an air duct for like two weeks or something. That's a movie that has a surprise Holocaust at the end. You're like, oh, this is about the Holocaust? <laughs> All right. Fine by me, I guess. Yeah, just write it in. Whatever. Uh, so, we're, so we're introduced to those two, John Lee Miller and Matthew Van Helsing. Uh, they're antique dealers. And uh, one night, there's a, there's a, a break-in at the, the Van Helsing antique shop. <laughs> and it's a cast of some of 2000's most lovable losers. As super burglars. Oh, man, the whole concept of super burglars is so annoying to me. It's a myth. It's not real. <laughs> it's like the giant squid. Like, it's just a <laughs> fake thing that someone made up. Those are just old stories. <laughs> <laughs> ah, when that man wrote that book about super burglars. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> yeah. But no, but it's because it always seems like you're spending too much money to steal things that are worth less than what you're spending to steal them. Exactly. It's such a backwards plan. Like yeah. you're just you're going to be underwater with this scheme <laughs> yeah. before it even gets off the ground. You're in the red man. <laughs> so so this cast of characters is led by Omar Epps. Mm-hmm. Uh you got that 70s show and Scientology's Danny Masterson. Oh, is he a Scientologist? Oh, that whole fucking family. Oh, the whole clan. Huh? I think they it's a Beck all. thing where they were like raised in uh, the yeah. church or whatever. Ooh. <laughs> That's just a myth. That's a, that's a bunch of hooey. When he wrote that book about Scientology. <laughs> that nice L. Ron Hubbard watched our lives and wrote a book about it. I'd much rather read uh, Bram Stoker's Dietics or whatever that <laughs> Dietics. <book> is. <laughs> When you drink seven blood fetans, <laughs> your e-meter goes off the charts, and you're impervious to sunlight. Man, I can't <laughs> wait for that fucking The Master, by the way. It's going to happen. Ooh, it's, that yeah. trailer's bone-chilling. I, I, I worry for uh, our good friend Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. You think people are going to camp outside his house? Something's going down. <sighs> Phil Hoffman's going to have a heart attack on the premiere day or something. Yeah, myst- oh. Mysteriously. And then Tom Cruise went, it's because he's fat. He's not pure like me. <laughs> when you're fat, you're not pure. Yeah. So speaking of worst movies, uh, <laughs> so you got Omar Epps, you got Danny Masterson, you got uh, Lachlan Monroe. What? Hollywood's permanent fourth grader. See, I thought it was really funny that Andrew actually knew this character's name. <sighs> yeah, it's pathetic. I mean, actor's I, name, I mean, sorry. I, well, he's a character. <laughs> yeah, he's probably yeah. a real character on whatever celebrity poker show he's on right now. <laughs> He's probably a real cut-up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know him. I've, I've seen, pathetically, the first scary movie, like, a bunch of times. Uh, he's also in uh, Freddy vs. Jason, which I've seen a bunch of times. And is he not 
the guy who they try to get to kill himself in he, Dead Men on Campus? Yes, yes, he is. And I recently rewatched that. Does that hold up? Re- no, <laughs> that never held. Yeah, I actually never, never really held much. <laughs> that movie does not hold water. No, as my cousin Vinny would say. So, uh, yeah, so he's involved. The dude from Save the Last Dance, whose name I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a, there's a, a, an extra guy with a ponytail there who, this is the thing. If it's the year 2000 and you can point out the rest of those ex, uh, actors, guess what? That guy's the first one to get killed. <laughs> or so you'd think. Take that, Lachlan Monroe, by the way. Yeah, he gets fucking ganked. And also, uh, Jennifer Esposito is like the inside man, again. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like the inside one that works with Christopher Plummer and kind of sets them up on this thing. So these are super criminals, right? They bust in. They knock out all these guards. Uh, the guy from State of the Last Stance is a super hacker. He's like, get the codes. Gotta have the hacker. And they're not, like, it's a thing where it's like they're not there for the, it's like diehard, right? They're only there for one thing. D- don't worry about the, fir- the top ten floors. Yep. It's just the basement we want. Yep. So they crack in, they go in there, and it's just, it's a ghoulish cavern. <laughs> and, I mean, you, you brought this up, Stephen. It, it's probably the first biggest plot hole of this movie, right? The idea of, like, you're spending all this money on gadgetry, on getting presumably the best of the best, which is, like, with this crew, really, that's all you could muster, but whatever. Uh, you know, you're doing all these things, you're planning all this shit, they don't know what they're there to steal. And the whole concept is Jennifer Esposito's all, hey, I work for this old guy. There's got to be a lot of rich antiques all over the place. And you're the inside person on the job, and you don't know what's on the inside. <laughs> yeah, how about a little fucking research, everybody? Her, her, her whole reasoning is like, look, you don't lock up all this stuff with such great security if it's not worth a lot. You might. I mean, like, it's maybe it's personal stuff. Maybe it's child pornography. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Like, I'm sure there's some interesting things in vaults that don't have to do with money. No, exactly. And, like, it, it's something that's possibly just personal to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your own blood, toenail clippings, hair, urine samples, stool yeah, yeah, samples, whatever. Mason jars full of urine. I think that's what I, that's what I would keep down there. Maybe an eight millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> This is where my favorite scene of the movie takes place, actually, is because Omar Epps gets pissed off because they don't really know what they're there to steal yet. And, yeah. I mean, he shouldn't have been mad. He should have been mad a while back. Instead. <laughs> yeah, but Not right ago. there. So then, like, they're in these, like, catacombs uh, with Jennifer Esposito, and then he looks, he grabs a skull out of the catacombs. It's like, what are, like, what's this crap? Like, what are we here? Like, what are we here to, and he just, he gets pissed off and he throws it on the ground. That well, used to belong it, to a human being's yeah, it body. It shatters. He's like, he's like, well, I don't know what we're stealing, but I'm going to desecrate some corpses. <laughs> yeah, now you're in the middle of a haunting. Congratulations, Omar Epps. Yeah, exactly. You may come out of here with nothing, but guaranteed you're coming out of here with a ghost trailing behind you. Know you. And this movie, this is a missed opportunity because you don't often see a two Two punch shot of Dracula and a vicious haunting, a good specter. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, man. If like a, a vicious poltergeist teamed up with Dracula, right? <laughs> Dracula has to be like, my beef's not with you, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and then initially, Dracula doesn't even know what the hell's going on. Like, just books are moving up and down this guy's place, and it's just like, what? <laughs> Is it? That's not me. Is that you? Do you think? 
Do you think that, that you, do you think, do you have super cool powers too? Do you think a vampire condescends to a ghost because it's like, well, at least I'm dead and corporeal. You're just a fucking ghost. I, I guess so. Because I mean, like, obviously Dracula makes fun of Frankenstein all the fucking time, right? Right. I mean, because that's like that's something I think about sometimes, right? Like, what is the power structure <laughs> the of the monster party? Oh. Dracula's very towards the top. Yeah, vampires he, are probably on top. He's right? always the leader because he's like, and it, because it's always kind of the thing you most want to be, right? Because you look as human as possible, but you have crazy superpowers. You're kind of smart. You're bisexual, which everybody wants to be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, everybody? <laughs> ACDC. And so, yeah, he's at the top because, like, he, he walks the earth. He's got his wits about him. He's got. Like, we're talking a lot of experience, life experience. That's a philosophy <laughs> oh, yeah. right there. And then, like, you know, like a Frankenstein monster is basically just a reanimated corpse. That's, you know, that's basically a zombie with feelings, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah he's, that, that's what you don't want to be. I'd rather just be a zombie than a zombie with feelings. I, and a ghost is like, you know, like, yeah, you know, I could fuck some shit up a little bit, but, like, I got my limits. I'm not walking the earth. I'd or... say the number two is probably a werewolf, right? That's what, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Because mm-hmm. you're... Well, werewolf's kind of the best of both worlds because you still get your sunlight. You get to hold down a nice regular life twenty nine days out of the out of the month, and then you you fuck shit up for a little while. Well, it's kind of like probably being like in the ROTC, you know, <laughs> it's like, the reserves. Yeah, exactly. You're in the monster <laughs> reserves, but every once in a while, you know, you're probably like. Man, you know, it's my weekend to be in the Monster Reserves, but there's a fucking concert coming to town that I really want to see, and I can't go, so I gotta lock myself in a jail cell. <laughs> Stupid monster ROTC. After that, you got your centaur. <laughs> I think the mythology hierarchy is a completely different period. It's a different though. table, yeah. <laughs> so, Dracula 2000. So, yeah, so it's like, it's a... They get there and all of these super criminals are like, what the fuck, man? You know, you told us it was going to be this thing. You said there's going to be a lot of cash and jewels all over the place. Mm-hmm. Also, like, let's just, you don't know what you're, you, you don't know what you're getting, right? Like, uh-huh. Best case scenario, it's artifacts. You need to know people who are going to fence that shit. And it's not, yeah. you can't just go to any Johnny fence. You need to know the guys in the art world, depending, or like people that could, you know, fence fucking Ottoman shit or that, whatever. Exactly. And that's what I never understand about these heists that are like art based or jewel based. It's like, so you're a crooked person and you have to, you know, do this crooked deed and whatever. But then you got to find a crooked person to appraise it all. Yeah, he's got to appraise it. He's taking some off the top. And then you got to get a crooked collector because like when they when they steal a painting out of a museum or something you can't be like you can't just tell people like yeah that's the original van gogh right you got to be the type of person that like keeps that to yourself hangs it above your toilet and acts like it's a print and it's yeah like, that's not enough for me whenever i hear like oh man someone stole the scream again and i'm yeah. like well what the fuck are you gonna do with it yeah there's never that next step in the in the <laughs> thought process i'm gonna go appreciate the hell out of this at home <laughs> Like that's your only option. No, really. unless you're like a super villain and you're throwing a super villain party, oh, then yeah. you're like, and this is the original scream that I stole, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, and like a, a light, polite golf clap. Yeah, totally. That's putting you up the 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 villains, you know, spectrum. You're getting the next level if they got some that. Shit. And just because we we said scream before, we're not talking about the film. We're talking about the painting. Now, yeah, the right? Edvard Munch. We we uh, switched yeah. we switched gears here for a minute. Uh, one particular line of dialogue that I love in this scene is so they. They finally open this door or whatever, and there's Dracula's coffin hanging out, his big fucking steel coffin. And they're like, man, this is bullshit. There's just a coffin in there. And I believe it's Omar Epps that has the line. The skulls are to scare us. The crosses, the coffin, all of it. 
It's a grand spanking mind fuck to scare off thieves. If you make a killing, why hide it in a safe? When you can hide it in a coffin. Never once am I like, you know what? Look at all these valuables I have. How about putting it in a coffin? You know, that's what I say when I see bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these bodies I have. Why would I put this body in a safe when I can put it in a coffin? But I think at this point it's like, oh my god, I fu- you know, I, I wasted a month of my team's time. They're gonna kill me. Like it's all in the coffin, guys. You know, like that kind of a thing. Well, because the other problem with this is I think he's he probably feels most responsible because he and Jennifer Esposito are an item in this movie, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh man, I listened to my girlfriend about hatching this plan. She swore up and down that there was gonna be a bunch of riches in here. All these guys are gonna kill me. Like it's my girlfriend. It's on my shoulders. Yeah, he's pissed, and he. He starts like it's uncomfortable a little bit because he starts like throwing her around a little. Like you fucking said there was stuff in here, yeah, and he, she well, holds like, a knife to her throat at one point. Well, that's his greeting to her. That's even worse. Before he's totally pissed off about this dire situation, she comes up behind him and he fucking puts a knife right in her throat and holds it way longer than it yeah, needs to be. But you see how intensely he feels in that moment. That shows shows her that he really cares about her. <laughs> Is that what that means? <laughs> I think that's how girls work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might be mistaken. <laughs> so they try to like Jimmy this thing open or whatever. And shockingly, ponytail guy is not the first to go because this big wrought iron fucking spike fence comes down and just kills Lachlan Monroe flat out. Yeah, right over his dumb head. He's got the dumbest look on his face. I yeah, mean- he's just kind of mouth breathing all over this movie. And then... uh it's it's almost a simultaneous death because another like spiked gate comes down and kills Ponytail Guy. Yep. At this point, the alarm goes off and Matthew Van Helsing's like listening to like some sort of opera and he's doing this weird his weird weird ritual of taking Dracula leeches that have been on Dracula, draining them and pumping the blood into his arm, and it's kind of like train spotting, which is like it's a, <laughs> he's got this real a really like gross ass arm. Yeah, it's nice having that Johnny Lee Miller connection. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're like, ah, what's he doing here? And again, I remember sitting in the theater being like, oh, all right. Well, this is definitely how he lives forever. Yes. Like, there's no surprise to this whatsoever. Don't worry. They'll explain it to you in detail in 25 minutes. <laughs> so he rushes down there. And at this point, they have somehow carried this iron coffin out of this cavern through a hole in the wall that they blow. Yeah. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? This and, thing's like obviously like a ton. And by then the alarms have gone off and Christopher Plummer's running his ass down there. <laughs> and they get they pick up this giant coffin, Dracula and all, and get it out of there before Christopher Plummer can even get down there. Mm-hmm. Which is nuts to me. I mean, I know he's an older gentleman, but <laughs> but you got you're carrying you're two men down, you're carrying a, like this giant metal casket. Speaking of uh, Christopher Plummer, by the way, um Watching this last night, and the missus brings up a, a really great point about how Christopher Plummer always gets really pissed off when people bring up his role in The Sound of Music. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like, are you fucking serious, dude? You're in Dracula 2000 right now, and you've got a problem with people coming up to you about a classic movie? What, because he's a Nazi in that movie? Is that what it is? No, or? he's not a Nazi oh, at all. I never saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a shot in the dark. No, Ca- Captain Von Trapp, man. He's the father of Von- the Von Trapp family. He's a good dude. All right. They they escaped the Nazi. How have you never seen this? How do you think they escaped? They collaborated. <laughs> <laughs> but can you just imagine? Like, that's like, that's like I don't know. That's like Roy Scheider 
being pissed off that like someone comes up to him and is like, "Oh man, I fucking loved you in Jaws, Roy oh, Scheider." It's sort of like um, Harrison Ford being mad at Han Solo. Like, yeah, don't I just don't get that. And I mean, maybe it's because I don't have an iconic role under my belt <laughs> that I get harassed about every day. But yeah. I mean, come on, man! Like these people that take that shit for granted, I just don't get it. Especially when you're doing shit like Dracula 2000 and or, Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. You know if I ever ran into Christopher Plummer, I'm bringing up uh, General Chang from <laughs> Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered oh, he's, yeah, Country. He's awesome in that movie. He's the best part. I've seen Star Trek VI. I haven't seen The Sound of Music. Nice. I was waiting for another one of those to come up because yeah. you finally saw Cast of Black. I did, yeah. This ruined. That, 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 one, that one got crossed off the list, but Sound of Music is up there now. <laughs> this episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. So, like, Johnny Lee Miller comes up, he's like, ow! And Johnny Lee Miller's using his real accent in this movie, and usually, like, he's either doing a really bad American accent or, like, Hackers. A, or a subdued British accent or, uh, in the case of Trade Spotting, a Scottish accent. 
But this is like his real talk, and it's just the most uber British he's ever sounded. Yeah, he's really chimney sweeping it up in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he and he's like, oh, no. They, so he's like, oh, Matthew, what's going on? Where are you going? And he's like, someone broke into my safe, and I need to go find them. And he's like, <laughs> all right, I'll go with you. He's like, you can't come with me. You have to run the business. Like, what did they steal in the safe? And he's like, uh, nothing. It's, it's, some things are, it's like things I've acquired, maybe not legally. And I'm like, are you a secret Nazi? Like, if I'm working <laughs> for a 70 year old man in Europe who's got a secret vault that he doesn't want anybody to know about, I'm like, what's going on? Dude, that's totally the rape of Europa, man. He's yeah. got a bunch of paintings down there that he stole from Jews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I would always be fearful. I mean, now the fear of secret Nazis. Is uh, we're almost done with secret Nazis? You know, I, yeah, we're about turning give that it, corner. Yeah, I mean, I mean, give it another like ten years. Secret Nazis are over with. The clock is winding down for secret Nazis, <laughs> unless secret Nazi Dracula. <laughs> Eric Siskin presents Secret Nazi Dracula, directed by you, Ball. Oh man, that sounds amazing. <laughs> So the heist happens, and he, Christopher Plummer's like, I have to go on vacation. Watch my antique store. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cut to uh, our, our heroine of the movie, Mary Van Helsing, uh, who's having all sorts of nightmares about Draculas and whatnot. God, I hate the whole, he's in my dreams I hate fucking that thing. Because it's happened in so many movies, and it's just like, just get to it. Because you, there's always like five dream sequences before the character meets the character. And it's like, well, yeah. I, I, I'm, already, I'm already bored with this because I've seen it six times now. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, she's having all sorts of night terrors and whatnot. Uh, and she's got her roommate, Vitamin C. <laughs> oh, man. Who ever thought? And I was sitting there, I was like, who is this chick? She looks kind of familiar. Kind of familiar. Kind of, oh, that's vitamin C. That's horrible. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so they're roomies, and she like comes in, and she's like, time for your coffee, rise and shine, because we have to pick up our shifts at the Virgin Megastore. Oh, my God. This is the most egregious product placement I've ever seen. I mean, what? It's like, and this is weird, because... This is a shitty movie, and we harp on it because it's in a shitty movie. But no one mentions this being a problem in the 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, that's true. They work at fucking Best Buy. Best Buy is all over that movie. And it's the same thing here. They work at the Virgin Megastore. And every chance they get... Key, key difference. Yeah. <laughs> One's a tolerable, mo tolerable movie, and one is not. <laughs> Like forty year old virgin's fine. It's got some. It's good. Some good jokes. It's a decent. It's a watchable flick. Yeah. This is not. So no, it's not. Also, yeah, good point, Eric. Other key difference: one doesn't fucking transpose a character from classic literature and makes him <laughs> thumb around a Best Buy like Dracula has to go to Virgin in this movie. Oh, these children of the night and their <laughs> compact discs. <laughs> Time to buy the new Disturbed record. This DVDs. Oh, and that's not it. I lost it. <laughs> Do you think the Stoker estate was like, are you serious? There's so much new metal in this soundtrack. <laughs> Dracula shouldn't listen to new metal. Like, the character of Dracula and the music of Disturbed no. should never cross paths. Dracula would not appreciate it. No, he'd be like, where's, where's a violin on a rickety Victrola? Exactly. I, I feel like... If Dracula listened to anything, it would be like 
Annie DeFranco or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, what just, does he pick up chicks? <laughs> a little bit of that, but it's also like it's all like piano based. Like, <laughs> I can I can at least understand what this is. I remember when I used to feel. <laughs> Reminds me of all the poetry I read in college. I got it, by the way. Dracula's favorite recording artist, Elliot Smith. (laughs) (laughs) He had such a poetic ending. And a stake to the heart. (laughs) (laughs) Good gravy. You're totally right, though. (laughs) (laughs) Eric checked his calendar yesterday and figured out it was appropriate to tell that joke today. (laughs) There's just just today's date and a big circle and a smiley face. (laughs) It's time. Yep. Listen to Neil in the hay all day to prepare. So they just work at Virgin Megastore for no reason. This movie made me realize I kind of miss Virgin Megastore because, I mean, like... You like to browse. <laughs> I do. I love to browse, man. But they like they had a really solid DVD collection. At least the ones in the city did. I don't know about, you know, other chains of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I like record stores and music stores. I mean, like, yeah, it's a sad thing that those things are gone. Like, yeah. I always love the... I went to an FYE that still exists somewhere because I live in New Jersey now and there's still FYEs <laughs> in New Jersey. And it's just... They still have, like, the CD sampling station. Really? Yeah. I was like, wow, oh, wow this takes me back. <laughs> I was in uh, Rested Soul, the Virgin Megastore in Times Square one time back in, like, the early 2000s. And I'm just looking through some CDs. It was a great time killer, you know? That's what the best part about yeah. it was just killing time. And I just feel this person behind me. And I look, and there's a gigantic, like, seven-foot man in, like, an oversized black T-shirt. Was it Frankenstein? <laughs> no. It was just this very angry-looking man. And he goes, excuse me, sir. I'm going to ask you to leave this aisle. And I was like, why? What happened? And he just looks me dead in the eye. Like, I, he couldn't believe I even had the audacity to ask him this question. And he just goes... Mr. Durst is trying to shop. <laughs> and I fucking look behind this guy, and there is Fred Durst just looking at the back of a CD, and I'm the only one in the aisle with this man. And I'm like, does this asshole really need a whole aisle to himself? You should have pulled out a pistol, shot him, and yelled, Sip Sefer Tyrannus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was always afraid of, getting assassinated. I saw him. Uh, I saw his face. Who? There's something wrong with me, Lucy. There's something so wrong. <laughs> so, like, she's like, oh, I'm having all these terrible nightmares. She goes to, she's got a, a, a friend who's a priest. So there's a lot of, I mean, like, there's Christianity in the va- in the Dracula myth. There's Christianity in the vampire myth. But this yeah. movie is, like, produced by Kirk Cameron. There, there's a mm-hmm. secret Kirk Cameron credit in this film somewhere yeah i think like if you went back and looked at it the e in west had like an accent over it. it's like waste craven it's like <laughs> fucking kirk cameron's gnome de film or whatever you know what i mean because they, they really start laying it on pretty thick like the love of jesus in this which movie. i don't i mean like I, you know uh, that's I, I think christianity and horror goes like especially catholicism and horror goes like really oh, hand in hand in a, in a great way the, the exorcist absolutely so you could do that and this movie the da vinci just, code the da vinci code absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and you know but 
this movie just misses whiffs on it big time. And well, like, especially the big twist that they have at the end of this movie, which we'll get to. And like, you, I'm like, oh, cool, Nathan Fillion, like 2000 Nathan Fillion. Didn't know he existed back then. You know, I thought yeah, he was... this was pre his season on Buffy, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was in the last season of Buffy. Yeah, which I think is like 2002, 2003. Yes, yeah, yeah. So this is like pre Firefly, pre everything. And like, oh, cool. I hope he's going to. And like, he's a priest. I always kind of like priest characters that like get into trouble and start doing shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> They've been doing that lately. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but like, By lately, do you mean centuries? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still in my Dracula clock. <laughs> <laughs> what is this new habit they're all forming, by the way? It's horrible. And it's coming from me saying this. <laughs> it's too bad for Dracula. I'm a monster. Drac, say what you want about Dracula. He believes in the age of consent. (laughs) (laughs) Dracula don't fucking fiddle with kids, though. I'll tell you that much. No, and that's the bit of bullshit in that interview with the vampire, by the way. Like, Kirsten Dunst's character is all upset because she's, like, looking at that naked chick in the window. Like, I'll never be that. Fuck you, Brad Pitt. Is it? Is he fucking that kid in the books? I mean, uh, I don't know. Well, you know, if you could, um, if anyone wants to check out audibletrial.com/whm <laughs> and see if F. Murray Abraham tells you <laughs> that he fucks the kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Write into weallhatemovies at gmail.com if that happens. Because you know what? I'm just what? not going to read Anne Rice. <laughs> I saw that movie and I saw the Aaliyah one, and that's my only experience with Anne Rice adaptations. I I think it's pretty probably heavily implied that they are in fact lovers. Yeah, but that that they have. But by probably by then she has lived a long, uh, long yeah, enough yeah, yeah. that like she's, she's not actually a child in her in, in her mind. No, yeah. she. I mean, she's not, and that's the whole thing in the movie is like she, when she's at that scene where she's looking in right. the window yeah. and she's like, "I'll never be that because you turned me into a fucking vampire when I was twelve years old, you bastard." Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that. Movie. Is that a good movie? That's something that I wonder if I, it holds I up. I think it holds. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember liking it. I remember I, a low point of that movie being Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah. We are the only real evil left. <laughs> and he does the fire of it. That's, uh. Yeah, no, I saw it like three, maybe two, three years ago because I remember that line. Uh, it's not a great movie. It's a totally watchable movie. Yeah. It's not like a great vampire movie, but if you're, you know, you, you kind of dig that stuff, it, it, it's cool. It's a better vampire than movie than what we brought to the table today. Yeah. Well, at, at the end, Tom Cruise <laughs> is driving around in a Ferrari. Well, because Chris, yeah. uh, what's his name? Christian Slater. Christian Slater's right, driving yeah. around the Ferrari, and he does like the pop up from the back. And seat. you know what, Guns and Roses is a trade up from fucking Lincoln Park in this. <laughs> yeah. Very, very well. Yeah, and they're said. covering the Stones, so there you go. Um, just before we put Age of Consent to bed, uh, <laughs> heaven forbid, which is a great way to put that, by the way. Yeah. Um, a thing about Dracula shouldn't be so high on his horse because uh, versus the priests, I mean, because <laughs> yeah. he. Is after girls who are like 18, 19, 20, when he's like 580 or whatever. Well, what are you saying? He's got to go for like fucking Chloris Leachman? Yeah. (laughs) You you want someone at least who can remember the Crimean War with you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Chloris Leachman remembers the Crimean War. Oh, she read about it. I heard about Prussia was (laughs) not the same conflict. So, yeah. So it's this whole thing. Like, uh, Mary has made it very clear to vitamin C that she's having these issues. And instead of like seeking professional help, like she just talks to her ditzy roommate and vitamin C is just like, I don't know. I mean, I think you should probably just take some more vitamins and just get sleep and just, you know, why don't you meditate and do yoga? Hey guys, remember graduation day? That was fun. (laughs) 
Friends for Oh god, that song. But I mean, yeah, like the whole the whole thing is like, you know, oh you have all these horrible problems. Yeah. And you're going to this friend of yours for advice. It's well, horrible. She, well, yeah, she goes to a friend and then she goes to a priest and you know I mean, that's that's no sort of advice. No, exactly. You need somebody that can give you medication. And she's to go to this priest and she's like, Well, what did my mother tell you in confession? And he's like, you know I have these sacraments, right? And that's mm-hmm. like that's like big on that list. I can't just start gabbing to you about what your mother said in confession. Yeah, like there's only seven of them. Like I have to keep that, you know. I already, I already blew one of them. <laughs> Leave that up to your imagination. Uh, then we're on. I, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, by the way, is Gerard Butler in this movie as Dracula. That Kenny G fucking mullet man. This thing is like early 90s Jerry Seinfeld. Like, it's really <laughs> fucking big. Well, I think what, they, what they're trying to imply is he's always had this haircut. It's a timeless haircut. Like, kind of like, right. a, like you know, when Angel would... They'd flash back, Angel would have that huge mullet. Yeah, Angel did have that. Well, Angel... David Boreanaz, they always made him look like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast <laughs> when they did the Angel flashbacks. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's really terrible. And, you know... You want to get with the times, Dracula, okay? Like, you're going down to New Orleans. It's like Mardi Gras. You want to be hip and whatever. And I know you can just, like, stare at a chick and she'll come to you and whatever. But, like, I don't know. How about just caring about your appearance? Like, you look so out of date. I think it's sort of, like, also, like, maybe kind of like a rock star type of implication. Uh Like, he's wearing all black. Yeah. He's got kind of long hair. He looks a little effeminate, which entices you a little bit. And, um... (laughs) You know. But the problem is, this is like, it's pre-300 Gerard Butler. It's pre-Reign of Fire Gerard Butler. Right. He's very tiny in this movie. Yeah, he's still got like those, those glorious washboard abs, but like, <laughs> you know, he's small in the shoulders, small yeah. in the arms. So with like that body, the the very thin face and that hair, he just looks like goofy Steve Coogan. <laughs> he <laughs> he sleep does, with that. He does. Well, I'm sure Steve Coogan's done all right. Uh <laughs> throw that out there but so like uh they're on the plane they're on, now like these super criminals have their own plane right they've made zero money on this and they're like they're all standing around this coffin like all right danny masterson you drew the <laughs> short straw get this thing open and already there's been this like kind of hilarious uh it kind of reminded me of that scene in hot shots part Dieu, where like everyone starts getting cut open at the same time <laughs> yeah. and like they have to wrap it up because everyone keeps getting cut over on this coffin and the blood keeps going inside so Dracula can drink it. Yeah, which is so stupid. Like, here's the thing, right? You're Christopher Plummer. You're fucking Abraham Van Helsing. You know what it will take to bring Dracula back to life, okay? You're putting him in this coffin that you made out of silver and whatever. Why is it blood penetrable? <laughs> yeah. How is the blood getting in there? How did you miss that? What is the matter with you? You're supposed like, to be a professional fucking vampire hunter. Why are there air holes in there? He's a fucking vampire. <laughs> to keep, maybe to keep the leeches alive or something. Oh, yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe the leeches. Well, why am I trying to explain the movie? I mean, it, the movie failed to explain it. So, yeah, so, like... Danny Masterson like is trying to do it, and all this blood gets in there, and then like Dracula pops up, and he cut. Dracula looks coolest at this point because he's all like, uh, he's like all all prosthetics. He's got like long white hair. He kind of looks like the Tom Cruise at the end of Interview with the Vampire. Yes, he also kind of looks like uh, if you ever played Castlevania Sim- uh, Symphony of the Night, Alucard. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the ten nerds just cheered in unison somewhere. <laughs> 
It's it's for those of you who don't know Alucard, by the way, it's the Crypt Keeper. He, lo- he yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, the Crypt Keeper. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so he pops out of this coffin because Danny Masters has been bleeding all over the place. <laughs> well, he he does the the whole thing is they're trying to, of course, get the coffin open because there's jewels inside. They assume, and you know, they he gets this coffin open. It's like good for you, Danny Masterson. You know what though? If there's a fucking body in there, you know what I'm not doing? Poking and prodding it and pulling leeches off. Of I it. mean, that's what I was watching this movie. I was like, why wouldn't you just go and be like, "Hey guys, I got it open." <laughs> yeah. But hey then guys, stay- we completely wasted our time. There's just a body in here because it's a coffin. Yeah. Open the fucking hatch at the back of the plane, and out. let's just kick it out. We'll cut our losses. Hey, guys, I think he's got Byron in here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. It might be Byron. So, yeah, he gets bled all over, and so he comes to life, kills Danny Masterson. And, yeah, and then he comes out, and he kind of, like, seduces Jennifer Esposito in front of Omar Epps. And, like, Omar Epps <laughs> like, dude! And, like, he, he vampires her real quick. He, yeah, he vampires her. Vampires Omar Epps. Well, he, he bites Omar Epps yeah. and becomes a vampire later. Kills the shit out of what's his... Fa- or no, does he kill him or does he vampire him? Oh, the other well, guy? He vampires all of them, yeah, actually. They, they, all they, become, they all get vampired. Yeah. But it's a big, stupid, like, slasher on a plane thing for a little bit. And he eliminates them one by one. It also tries to set up some rules about Dracula because Omar Epps shoots a gun into the hull of the ship or whatever. Ship. Ah, airplane. There it is. <laughs> and then light comes in and he, like... Gerard Butler can't go through the the beam of light, right? So that they they end up just flying into a thunderstorm conveniently. Well, that was a weird thing. Was it really appears like this thunderstorm was created out of evil? Right. I, I think it's a Dracula thunderstorm. I think Dracula. This is a thing that's a bit of bullshit, and we've run into this with other things before. It's like these movies that make up. Their own rules for these things. As a matter of fact, Vampire in Brooklyn, it's the same thing. Like, you're just making up shit that vampires can do. Yeah. When the fuck has a vampire ever controlled the weather? <laughs> when has that ever happened? Ever. It's kind of like the scene in X2 and, like, Storm's making this, the clouds happen <laughs> on the plane. Yeah, maybe there's, like, because uh, it's Dracula and he's, like, Mr. King Vampire. Maybe, he, like, <laughs> he just brings her along the gloomy weather, Transylvania, everywhere he goes. He's, like, the John Cusack of vampires. <laughs> It's just always raining on Dracula. Why does it always rain on me? <laughs> so, <laughs> Van Helsing gets to uh, New Orleans, and there's the most convenient news report in the history of news reports. It's unbelievable. Like, he's walking, like, he's just <laughs> got there, and he's walking through the airport, and it's like... We have shocking footage of the presumed pilot. Sensitive viewers may want to turn away. He was bizarrely lashed to the yoke with radio cable and bound in twisted pipe. The remaining four victims, as well as an antique silver coffin, were removed to nearby Clark, where a tiny town hall has been transformed into a morgue tonight. News report, a plane crashed, and there's all these bodies, blah, blah, blah. There's all these bodies, and like it's, it's Jerry Ryan uh, from uh, Star Trek Voyager? Yes, Voyager. Voyager. Uh, and... You know, she's like, oh, the, the, you know, I'm here at the bayou when this hap- where this happened, and the plane landed here. This is some disturbing footage. And there's, like, shots of people dead in the plane? That would never happen, <laughs> even on, like, today's disgusting 24-hour news cycle. No. They would never be like, and now a bunch of corpses. <laughs> the parade begins. <laughs> and she has this, like, really convenient line, and it makes no sense, and it doesn't serve the movie. I mean, it sets a stage for an action scene. She's like... And because it happened here, there's no morgue, so it's in a town hall instead. What, like, exactly, what are you talking about? Like, all right, it's a small town, fine. Like, 
you're just going to drive it to a hospital. Because you know what? There's four people. I understand maybe like a DC-10 goes down somewhere <laughs> and there's like fucking 300 people you have to figure out. Then you're renting out the high school gymnasium. Then yeah. you're, you know, doing whatever. There's like five people on this plane. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just like drive the, these corpses <laughs> to the hospital. Oh, it's during Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah, everything's <laughs> shut down for the weekend. We're never going to well, get no, through just, the traffic. There's just so many corpses already in there from Mardi Gras <laughs> and partying, etc. So Van Helsing gets to town, and instantly Johnny Mil- Johnny Lee Miller's like, hey, I followed you here, which is just so fucking dumb. There's a line somewhere where he's like, Christopher Plummer is like, how did you know where I was going or whatever? Oh, yeah. And he's like, it helps to have a friend who works at Heathrow. Well, he, Johnny Lee Miller's character is kind of like this guy, this like badass kid that was taken under Van Helsing's wing. Like, cause later when Van Helsing dies, spoiler alert, oh. he's like, I owe your father. He made a man out of me. I used to be like a shitty punk kid. Now and I deal I, antiques with him. Yeah. He really set me on the straight and yeah. narrow. So yeah, they, they get to this high school gymnasium and the, all these vampires start coming alive and he's like, all right, Johnny. It, if you're going to follow me, you have to realize, trust your eyes because vampires are real. And he's like, really? Vampires are... If I'm working with, for a guy named Van Helsing I, and who says that he you know, he's, descends from the line that Van Helsing was right. fucking, I'd always kind of half suspect vampires were around. Oh, yeah. And th- honestly, that would kind of entice me to stay around working <laughs> yeah. at the shitty antique shop. Like, yeah, sure, I'll look at a bunch of old vases with you because eventually one day vampires are going to come yeah. and I'll help you fight vampires. The problem with these vampires, by the way, is they are so snappy with the one-liners, all this shit. I thought fucking Dennis Miller was going to come out of somewhere, and it's that fucking shitty... What's that fucking movie he did? Bordello of Blood, where they're all vampires? Him and Angie Everhart? Yeah, that's, that's the title. <laughs> that might be a fucking stay tuned to We Hate Movies near you. Well, they're all, it's, all, it all, it's all really reminiscent of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. You know yes, what I mean? Like David, yeah. uh, David Arquette, like all the one-liners he has, and Paul Rubens. Like, because the movie has... The, the, the Dracula 2000 has this really dour... Uh, pace and dour, like every, it's all dead, and oh my god, this poor girl whose mother's dead, and all this stuff. But these vampires that aren't Dracula are fucking bebopping and scatting all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're trying to make scream with vampires. Yeah. It's just like how uh, what the, the movie they did in like the early two thousands, Cursed. It's the same thing with Wes Craven's Curse. Like he's just trying to recreate the vibe of Scream with werewolves. Yeah, and it just it's so. So terrifically unsuccessful. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's really embarrassing because you just, you see right through that. Because one, it's the same company. But two, you know, it's only four years out and you're trying to write that snappy Kevin Williamson dialogue and all that stuff. And it's just not fucking happening. Well, but it doesn't work because magic is involved. Like once magic yes. becomes part of your story, everything changes. It's not kids that like, are like, you know, obsessed with horror movies and blah, 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 self-referential violence. It's fucking vampires and Dracula and Van Helsing's. I think to a degree, and I, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say this is a mandatory thing, uh, because Buffy didn't do it this way. And, uh, you know, I don't care too much for the movie, but the TV show I really liked, but they didn't, you know, stick to this. But I feel like for the most part, with when you're dealing with vampires, you need a certain level of class that you have to stick mm-hmm. to. Like, there's a certain level of, you know, like uh, uh, maturity that you have Decorum to have. Decorum for yeah, vampires. Yes, thank you. You know, and the fact that, yeah, 
as you put it, they're bebopping and scatting all over the place. It's so, it just feels like square peg round hole. Uh, to, to point, to wit, uh, Danny Masterson's a fucking vampire. <laughs> and he's just being Danny Masterson. Well, it's that, and then there's uh, Omar Epps has something. Oh, this is a terrible line. In in this, uh, 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 the big battle where the two of them fight all these vampires in the school gymnasium or whatever, uh, he's like, uh, uh, what's his name? Johnny Lee Miller is going around, and he's like trying to think of all the stuff he knows about vampire lore and you know what he can do or whatever, and he holds up a cross. <laughs> this is a great part. And he, fucking Omar Epps goes, Sorry, sport. I'm an atheist. <laughs> like, really? Atheism gags? Like, fucking stop. You can't... If if a vampire doesn't believe in uh, God, which Dracula believes in, yeah. um, <laughs> but it that just doesn't work, how, why would it cancel it out? You know what I mean? Like, why would just him not believing God cancel out God's power you know, like, over evil? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they are products of, like... Christian lore of some kind. So yes. does it, you know, I'm sure at some point Dracula fucking nabbed a Jewish guy along the way. <laughs> you know, and the rules fucking apply, man. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with your yeah. politic or your well, your religious you know, beliefs. Maybe even like a Star David would hurt a vampire because it's got like a religious <laughs> connotation to that it. That would be awesome. That would be such like an affirming moment for Jewish people because it kind of always feel like in these movies. It kind of proves Christianity right at the end of the day because it's just like it's like the cross works, so that means Jesus came, and that means that's the one true religion, right, everybody? Well, folks, if you want to see some uh, good like Jewish folklore, um, check out this movie called Der Gollum from like twenties German Expressionism. Uh-huh. I think I'm pretty sure it's silence, right, Andrew? It's silent, yeah. And uh, that is about a giant clay stone man that comes to life. And it's, it's, it's like a Jewish European legend. Yeah, that's cool. But I mean, I think the whole idea is, you know, like this stuff affects vampires because vampires are, you know, the anti religion. Like they yeah. are, they're demons. So theoretically, yeah. yeah, any kind of symbol of religious good would Should fuck work. them up. And, you know, but in this case, in this world, it's all rooted around Christianity and, and everything. And to it, the point where Johnny, Mil- uh, Omar Epps is like, Sorry, bro. I'm an atheist. And then Johnny Lee Miller's like, God loves you anyway. It's like this, it's like a snappy one liner, but it's also like, come to church sometimes. We're pretty hip these days. You know, there's what I mean? so much shit like that. There's so much shit of like, you know, the end of this movie, you know, Mary has all those lines about like, he still loves you. He still loves you, Count Dracula. <laughs> and then it's, it's like getting to a point where Dracula's like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, Kirk Cameron, waste craven. <laughs> So most of these vampires get slaughtered. Well, at least Danny Masterson finally bites Danny it Masterson here. Danny Masterson bites it. Uh, Jennifer Esposito and Omar Epps get away. Uh, well, Jennifer Esposito is arrested by the police. <laughs> yeah. And then she has this kind of awesome, like, Terminator 2 scene where she's, like, getting interrogated by detectives. It's Terminator 2 meets, like, uh, 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 Basic Instinct. <laughs> yeah, because she's all being all sexy, and she's just like, oh, you don't know what it's like to be a- have this inside you, and, like, I want you inside me. And then she talks about, like, that she could see the line of his cock through his pants, and I'm like, <laughs> Woo! And the thing that's really <laughs> annoying about this is, like, she's saying all this shit, and on the other side of this, like, you know, double-sided mirror or whatever, there's, like, 
uh, a couple of you know police detectives or whatever and this one police detective is like a fucking wolf of it out of like a looney tune he's like licking his lips like oh my god what is she saying oh the outline of my cock huh it's like come on how about a little professionalism like you let your guard down every time some fucking suspect starts saying all seductive things to you no 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 but it's mardi gras week <laughs> That's the reason that detective doesn't work vice anymore. They're like, you know what? You know what? Ted homicide for you. Uh, but so, yeah, if Dracula yeah. comes in, busts her out, and he does have this really one cool line. Like, there's this, there's like the doctor, uh, uh, is like screaming his head off because Dracula's gonna kill him, and he has this line. Dignity, doctor. Which that, is kind of great. It's kind of badass. Dra- like, Gerard Butler doesn't do a terrible job, except that he has to keep that Scottish accent at bay. Yeah, which is, you know, that's like holding a lion back with a dog leash. <laughs> it's <laughs> really tough. <laughs> and, you know, to his credit, though, I mean, he really does the best you can with a thick fucking brogue like that, yeah. man. Like, it's just, if he was just playing a Scottish vampire mm. and not fucking Romanian Draculia, like, <laughs> maybe we're getting somewhere. McLeod the Vampire? <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Con- Connor McLeod? <laughs> of the Clan McLeod? They turned me into a vampire on the moors. <laughs> so he kills the shit out of that guy. Jennifer Esposito kills the shit out of that horn dog detective. And like, this is when Christopher Plummer sits Johnny Lee Miller down on his knee and is like, all right, now here's the story of vampires. <laughs> and like, it's this long ass thing with flashbacks and he's talking like, he basically like, he. In the beginning, when you see Dracula go to England, that's when, like, finally uh, Van Helsing got the better of him. And, like, they caged him. They kind of sort of killed him. But there's no way in this world, there's no way to kill Dracula. That's that's the big thing. And he's like, and I've been keeping myself alive through these leeches and, you know, some prime smack. It's been it's been a great time. All I had to do was push off once a night. <laughs> I got sky high, and I've been alive for 200 years. And now it keeps him alive, but it doesn't make him a vampire, right? Like, Yeah. It, it's, it's never kind of insinuated that he's a vampire. Right. So it's just like you got to take vampire blood through like the subsidiary that is a leech and <laughs> then funnel it into you. That is your account. Too. That's how you don't infect yourself with vampirism. I mean, cause if you think about it in the mindset of like the, the blade lore, like vampirism is a virus. Yeah. Uh, and a couple other uh, vampire things over the years have done that. Treating it like a virus kind mm. of a thing. Right. So yeah, like if he's directly injecting the shit into himself, like, you're going to infect yourself. Well, I need a blood transfusion, but I don't want to get AIDS, so I'm going to funnel it through a leech. And then, no AIDS, right? And, and he's like, now he's after my daughter, god damn it. And because, like, she's got a little, she's like one-eighth Dracula on her father's side, right, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Why is she related at all? To who? Christopher Plummer? Yeah. Did I miss something? She's he's, he's, he's her father. Why? <laughs> why do well, I because need, Eric, why do when a need... man and a woman love each other. <laughs> but why do I need this in this movie? Oh, no, yeah, it's complete garbage. Well, because that's the way. Because, and you know, again, this is a new hit fucking Dracula. It's Dracula <laughs> 2000, everybody. It's got to be, you know, it can't be stud, you know, stuffy old Van Helsing anymore. It's got to be this hot chick who's like the next generation vampire you, on her. Buffy, you know? Yeah, do you think Abraham Van Helsing is out there like... Every century or so, yeah, I, 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 you know, I knock up some chick, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to leave London. There's you know, fucking Dracula in the cooler over there. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Dracula 2000, the best 
trivia on IMDb this is, is good is uh whatever whoever the, the the writer was on this project or the credited writer now is uh got this call from Harvey Weinstein he's like Barry, I got this great project for you. It's called Dracula 2000. He's like, oh, yeah, is the script any good? And he's like, it's crap. He's like, then why'd you buy it? It's called Dracula 2000. <laughs> this is how the Weinstein brothers prepared for Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> All we got to do is release a movie called Something 2000. <laughs> the world will be saved. Right, Hav? Right, Bob? <laughs> you want to do Reservoir Dogs 2000? <laughs> Well, that wouldn't make a... Let's do it. It's 2,000. The English patient, 2,000. <laughs> Death race, 2,000, 2,000. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story of how this movie got made. Harvey Weinstein likes numbers that match with the year. Harvey Weinstein's the last of the cigar-chomping producers. You know yes. what I mean? Like, the last guy, it's got to be big. You know, mm-hmm. two th- everybody loves 2,000. It's got to be huge. Yeah, no, I, like, Kevin Smith once uh, compared him. He said he was, like, uh, modern times Jack Warner, which I, you know, like, I just, I love pictures. Like, big suspenders, cigar. Yeah, just doing it. You know, bad the, attitude. <laughs> very difficult and picky when mm-hmm. coming to work every day. Probably could could kill you and leave you, a di- you leave you in a ditch, and, you know, that's just how it is. Oh, absolutely. You, you don't cross people like that. Which is why this movie is a C+. Plus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rent it immediately. <laughs> From your local Blockbuster. It's there's, on the wall. There's a whole wall of them. <laughs> yeah. 40 copies. No one ever took them. <laughs> <laughs> To this day. Uh, so, I mean, this is when the movie really kind of models along. Like, yeah. Because it's all a lot of, like, this. because our, our protagonist is this woman, this Mary woman, who's like, and we say this a lot about a lot of movies, which I always think is the, the worst way to have a protagonist in an adventure story, where they're ten steps away from the action. Yep. All the time. Always. Until, like, the last ten minutes when she realized Dracula's Dracula. And it's like, you know what, Mary? Let's fucking pay attention for two seconds, shall we? Like, there's really not too much to put together. Yeah, here. let me think. Huh? My last name's Van Helsing, and <laughs> that's number one. And then there's vampires. Huh? Huh? There's that book that everyone keeps talking about. That silly, fictitious account. <laughs> yeah, she must have gotten that growing up every goddamn week. I know the books, like, selection at the Virgin Megastore was always the most pathetic part of that store. That, that's actually going to suck be growing up in England and your last name's Van Helsing. You go to board. Hey, Van Helsing, go slay me a vampire. Like, throw an orange <laughs> at her head. <laughs> Joke's on them now. <laughs> there sure is. So, I mean, yeah, so eventually then they just kind of get on the case of Draculia. But it's weird because Mary Van Helsing and Abraham Van Helsing never meet up with each other. Never. Because he is viciously murdered by Dracula before this can all go down. Ooh, this is a bad scene. I mean, it's 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 kind of one of the best scenes in the movie. It's not bad. I mean, it's a whole, it's like, you know, Gerard Butler's like, Abraham Van Helsing, <laughs> I knew it was you, or whatever. And he's like, now Draculia, not my daughter. And fucking Gerard Butler just picks up this old man and, like, tosses him, like, over his shoulder into this mirror. There's a lot of Matrix spins in this movie, because it's 2000. There's, like, Yeah, there's a lot of wire work. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he goes right through it. And then, like... I guess, like, Christopher Palmer tries to, like, hide under a bed and he gets, like, lanced. Oh, yeah. It's a total Jason Voorhees killing. Like, they <laughs> stick the big fucking pole through the mattress, and he's just a fucking shish kebab. One thing I, 
I'm sorry. I was just going to say, by the way, this is how the greatest vampire hunter of legend dies. <laughs> like, he's been, pre- he's been staying alive for so many centuries mm-hmm. just to be knifed in a fucking pillow. Yeah, he <laughs> dies under vitamin C's comforter. <laughs> Speaking of which, we, we, I don't want to lose friends forever. <laughs> I don't want to miss the scene when Dracula himself goes into a virgin megastore. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. So he goes into the virgin megastore because he somehow knows that that's where Mary works. But first, he stands outside the virgin megastore and watches a monster magnet music video for like three minutes. And you see that Dave Grohl looking motherfucker singing that horrible song. And I want to get the line right because it's really horrible. He's looking at this video and he's watching it. He just goes, Brilliant. <laughs> They're like, fucking seriously. You don't like Monster Magnet. No Dracula. way Draculia likes Monster Magnet. You know why? Because no one liked Monster <laughs> Magnet. What a fucking misstep in the I music mean, industry. And that's the thing about Dracula being at the top of the monster totem pole. He's a man of taste and culture. Trendsetter. And it's not even, but it's not even the Monster Magnet hit. <laughs> that's no, the problem. It they wasn't to... Space Lord Mother Mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been stuffed in your pocket. For the last hundred days. Yeah, oh, I can sing that whole man. song. God. Last hundred centuries. <laughs> I've been stuck in your crypt. That'd be a, <laughs> if I was Weird Al, we need, would, Yeah, we need to do a Dracula cover of that song. <laughs> How many songs did Weird Al do about Dracula? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never listened to a Weird yeah. Al CD. I don't know. I just imagine. Oh, I guess I'm thinking of Dr. Demento or one of those people. Yeah, it's kind of all the same. <laughs> Uh, but so he's going- sub comedy. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies to recording artists Weird Al Yankovic and Elliot Smith in this episode. <laughs> oh, it's too late for Elliot Smith. You're getting haunted. Eric Siska stars in Burn Down the Music Industry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, so after he watches this this sweet monster magnet video, <laughs> he goes inside this Virgin Mega store, and he's he's walking around, and it's like, you know what I never need to see. Dracula fucking perusing the new metal section. Like, it's so stupid. <laughs> Maybe he needed a sweet Nightmare Before Christmas poster. Maybe that's why he's going in there. <laughs> we'll spruce up the crypt. <laughs> but he's in this scene, he's also a killer babe magnet, man. Like, oh, all- yeah. Which is a ridiculous part of this movie. Is like, it's the middle of Mardi Gras. And this virgin megastore is filled with nothing but beautiful women. There's no dudes looking for CDs that nope. night. Like, it's just all these chicks. And they're all just like, Dracula. Oh, love that Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Dra- yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Virgin megastore is where all the sweet babes and the immortal gods go to shop. <laughs> Go and, to Virgin Megastore. Yeah, you can see Sidney Crawford and Thor at Virgin, Virgin <laughs> Megastore. You don't know. The New Orleans branch had fucking Dracula and babes. <laughs> Mine just had fucking Fred Durst. What a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, New York really got the short shaft. So, yeah, so he's walking around, and he runs into vitamin C, and she's like, oh, can I help you find a monster magnet album? <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, I'm looking for Mary, and she's like, oh, well, I'm her roommate, and she's not here right now. And it's instantly just picking this guy up. Yeah, she brings him back to, his, to her house, to Mary's house, and they have this great, they live in this crazy man, like, uh, po- gothic mansion for no reason. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie house where, you know, vitamin C's got the fucking bottom floor and mary's got the top floor two floors you're both working at virgin fucking records yeah the rent is 60 bucks a month (laughs) and like she's like well yeah you can come in and wait for mary then and then she's she's like 
Once he's in her house, she's like, oh, I forgot to ask your name. Yeah, you did. You just invited this fucking creep into your house. And he's like, uh, Frank Dracula. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, my name's Angus Dracula. <laughs> From the Dracula clan. I mean family. <laughs> I mean old Dracula. Old Dracula? <laughs> Mac Dracula? Yeah, it would be Mac Dracula? <laughs> Mac Dracula, yeah. Angus Mac Dracula? Oh, God, I want that so much. <laughs> That's a shitty comic book title somewhere. <laughs> So they then proceed to just get down to some zero gravity sex acts, by the way. Oh, they're fucking on the ceiling, <laughs> having a party. Because <laughs> they're having regular sex. And it goes, Oop, and they go all the way to the ceiling. They mm-hmm. just have a they have a near miss with a fucking ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like if uh, Peter Venkman screwed that uh, Sigourney Weaver flying chick there. There's no Dana, only Zool. Yeah, mm-hmm. if he fucked Zool, man, that's, that's what the scene is. Right? How tempted do you think Peter Venkman was to get that going? You know what? No, he. Is, I really love that scene because it's like you know what this woman's. It's like the, the best case against date rape. He's like. This woman would probably have sex with me under different circumstances, but I know for a fact that she's not in her right mind, so I'm leaving it alone. <laughs> he's a good guy. He is. He's a, he's a class act, that fake. He's all talk. Yeah. It might <laughs> be kind of hard to resist Zool, being honest with you. Ray's stance, on the other hand, is an inexperienced boy man. Oh, yeah. He would do anything. <laughs> that weird blowjob ghost scene. What I love about that, though, is the story is that's from a deleted scene where the Ghostbusters take a case at, like, a cabin in the woods. What? Yeah, I want to see the Ghostbusters camping trip. Because you know they're roasting Stay Puft Marshmallows. <laughs> the Ghostbusters versus the Evil Dead. <laughs> that good. is some fucking fan film, if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Shudder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, he fucks vitamin C and turns her into a vampire. And then, yeah, then Christopher Plummer dies. And then, like, finally Mary comes home after her shift or whatever. I mean, at some point, Omar Epps dies, but it's kind of a waste of time. He dies, uh, and he's he's decapitated, which is a big way of killing vampires in this movie. Yeah. And his head is thrown into a Virgin Megastore dumpster. That's the thing. Is like, there's so, like, all right. Even so- the dumpster is product placement on it. <laughs> Exactly. Like, you have so many seeds of the Virgin Megastore. I haven't forgot to go to Virgin Megastore and pick up this awesome soundtrack. Leave me alone. (laughs) Honestly, folks, we are not exaggerating. Probably about one-third of this film takes place at Virgin Megastore or in the parking lot of a Virgin Megastore. (laughs) And if it's not at the Virgin Megastore, someone is wearing their Virgin Megastore staff Mm -hmm. T-shirt. And what's great now, though, is, like, if you showed this movie... To like a 15 year old kid they'd be like what the fuck's virgin megastore <laughs> yeah because that shit's just done mm-hmm. they'd be like what the airplane company what are they doing they sold c what the they're, fuck's they're, a cd yeah they're an everything company <laughs> they are an everything company you Ooh. think richard branson's going to the moon uh we'll see because he wants to do that whole like tourism to space thing i kind of imagine he'll be like that guy in contact uh, about like william hurt in contact at the end and he's like <laughs> want to go for a ride and he's got like all sorts of terrible cancer man contact is a bad movie 
I've seen it like six times. I don't know why. What business do you have watching Contact six times? It's a very watchable movie. Yeah, because, you know, the aliens send us Hitler back, right, or something? <laughs> they send Hitler broadcasts. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And you got, uh, what is that, Jake Busey? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of Jake Busey Jake in Busey, there. long hair, is a nut. Yeah, teeth and around. Who's, who, who's proven <laughs> to be right? <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, at this point, like... Uh, finally, Johnny Lee Miller meets up with uh, Mary and takes her to the church as a kind of a safe house. And they're like, we need to figure out a way to kill Dracula. Let's look at all these. Bo-. It's like it's the now we're looking at books in the library scene. There's a research scene, which, again, Buffy did so much better. You know, I, I could sit there and watch the Buffy TV show research scenes for hours on end. Yeah, because it's, it's fun. It's snappy. And like there's all characters kind of- you give a shit about good dialogue, <laughs> interesting things relayed. I could never get into it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. It's lit reasonably well. This whole movie is so <laughs> goddamn bright because I mean, it's, like, yeah. like it's 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 scream. Like the score is entirely scream. It's all like brunt, brunt, totally all over the place, and like it's all bright. Like, that, but that doesn't work for a fucking vampire movie. No, I need like if you want to get colorful, the most you can do is some deep blues. Yeah, that's it, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, come how, on. How about some deep reds? <laughs> What about plaid? How do you, what are your feelings about plaid? One thing I wanted to pop in before we get onto this research scene is when they are exiting Mary's house after the, the oh yeah, this is my favorite thing in the world. Johnny Lee Miller like gets her out of this house and whatever, and they turn around, and Dracula has turned into a gigantic wolf. And he jumps out of this house, and Johnny Miller's got this gigantic, like, silver steak gun thing that Christopher Plummer gave him. And he shoots this shit off, and it hits this wolf square in the chest, and the wolf explodes into a flock of bats. All right. <laughs> Whatever you say, Dracula. <laughs> like, that's, that's yeah. all I can say. <laughs> to this movie's defense, we have never tried to shoot a wolf with a silver stake. <laughs> we it, do not know the effects. Modern science, we do it not know It could turn to a bunch of bats. Yeah. You we should know. get out into the field immediately and see what we, we can should. do about this. <laughs> get some conclusive concrete evidence. Become, become a video podcast where we're just killing animals. <laughs> <laughs> We'd get taken, taken to jail pretty quickly. We hate jail time. <laughs> uh, but we hate PETA, I guess. <laughs> yeah. eh, it sucks. <laughs> There, uh, but at the end of the research scene, so Dracula shows up oh and he's like, God, "Stop yeah. reading all those books!" And like, <laughs> "What's that? The Bible?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, I hate the Bible. It's propaganda. It is." And yeah, like, he straight up calls it propaganda. You're like, "Come on!" And well, like, in, in his defense, it does skew a favorable view of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so like, he uh, Johnny Lee Miller is like holding Dracula back with the Bible. He's like, "Run, Mary, run away!" And she does. And he go and like Johnny Lee Miller opens this old like leather bound Bible and pages shoot out like a projectile and they're like kind of like glowing orange like they're partially on fire. It's yeah. like I really want the page in the screenplay that describes this action where it says and then the book explodes in the vampire beast's face because <laughs> what. An exploding book? Seriously? It's, I mean, it's as unwelcome and unknowable as Superman and Superman 2 throwing that cellophane S. Like, it's just like, oh, what power is this now? All of a sudden, <laughs> exploding books? <laughs> it's just nothing. And this phases Dracula for approximately half a second. 
It doesn't like like everything in this movie. The whole idea of like Dracula is unstoppable because he's the first vampire or whatever. Yeah, it's such fucking bullshit. So they go to this graveyard, and because we, because it's in New Orleans, so we have to go to a graveyard at some point. Yeah, and Dracula is like dancing on top of all the fucking mausoleums, like running through this graveyard, dancing on the graveyard. <laughs> Having a party. <laughs> Are you mixing up the Lionel Richie song with We're Having a Party? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. Uh, you know what, man? Go with it. It's <laughs> just rare. <laughs> Live it. So there's a really shitty reference here where, uh, Gerard Butler, like, stands in front of this mausoleum. And, uh, what does it say? Spencer Hepburn. Spencer Hepburn, which it's like, Ooh. this movie has no right Putting in things that's one of the filmmakers appreciate. It should be like Christopher Hammer. Like that's like, oh, that's yeah. kind of cool. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, how about fucking, uh, I don't know, Count Lugosi or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. anything related to horror world, not fucking classic Hollywood. What are you doing? Neither of those actors ever played a vampire. They never set foot in a fucking horror movie. Well, in in, in my dream world, I would have cast uh, Spencer Tracy as Dracula. <laughs> oh man, he would have been a leather. Face Dracula, if I ever saw one. <laughs> yeah, he's more of a Lon Chaney. <laughs> he can only play mummies, phantoms of operas, and werewolves. <laughs> not not sec- suave vampires. Yeah, definitely not a sexy Dracula. Did they set this movie in New Orleans to snag that Anne Rice fan base, by the way? I don't know. I mean, it's just a colorful, hip location. And- <laughs> I don't in the in the American prism of viewing vampire lore, I feel like New Orleans is the closest we can get to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like the, you know, a town obsessed with the dead and It's like Amer- America's Europe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans, America's Europe. I like that. <laughs> They're going to change the name. <laughs> so what happens is she gets kidnapped by Dracula at this point and he brings her of course to like some church ish thing or not a church it's just like a uh building it's it a- actually <laughs> looks like the uh the courtyard from melrose place without the pool <laughs> like johnny Lee miller like what's what's really annoying about this is she gets captured dracula explodes into a cloud of fog like you do and johnny Lee miller's left in the cemetery cut to johnny lee miller walking down bourbon street with this huge gun and nobody saying anything and then, you know, the three brides of Dracula, which are Vitamin C, Jennifer Esposito, and we haven't touched on her too much. Jerry Ryan. But Jerry Ryan. Well, she doesn't do anything in this movie. That's true. She doesn't. She just makes a bunch of jokes about her huge boobs. <laughs> and uh, so the three of them are like the brides of Dracula, and they're like seducing Johnny Lee Miller or whatever. And he kind of has a shitty fight scene with them. Instantly kills Jerry Ryan, by the way. So flat out not doing anything in this movie. <laughs> yep. You dream about making it with a TV star. And if this, if this sets up like the final standoff, and the whole thing is on this this rooftop like greenhouse or whatever, and it's vitamin C and Jennifer Esposito tie uh, Johnny, Lee Johnny Lee Miller to a, a post or whatever, which this is so annoying because it's like, you know what? Just fucking kill him. You would have killed him anyway because you're, you're a bloodthirsty vampire. You're an like, animal. You're not eating anything today. But like, but there's also this thing where like Mary's obsessed with figuring out, she's like, there's something from the Dracula legend that doesn't add up. We're missing something. So I think at this point she kind of like lets herself get bitten just to know the unknowable. Right. But then it's like, so how does she know that the bite of the vampire will tell the story? Like, I, I, you know, like they do like a mind meld or whatever. And this 
And I remember when it happened when I saw it in the theater and I wasn't alone in the theater. There were shockingly a, a bunch of audience members. There were like two or three separate from opposite ends of the auditorium's uh, combinations of what the fucks and you've got to be kidding me <laughs> when they reveal that Draculia's true identity, Judas Iscariot. What? Like, come on. It makes absolutely no sense. It's the biggest dog shit I've ever been fed. <laughs> but you're telling me that Vlad the Impaler, Count Dracula, was, is the same person as Judas, betrayer of Jesus? <laughs> It's just—it's bullshit because like they show the scene and like, and like it—it's very sympathetic to Judas and it's just like I didn't know what I was doing and I just I, you know I was just playing my playing my part and like he gets <laughs> he gets thirty pieces. It's all—it's like the flashiest the movie gets because yeah. like all of a sudden like he bites her and then they're in this like white bedroom and it turns into those fantasy scenes from that Jennifer Lopez movie The Cell. <laughs> does like because all of a sudden mary's just dressed in this like beautiful outfit and there's this like red silk four post fuck bed like it's d'onofrio's wearing a dress (laughs) (laughs) slowly walking out of a pool of water whatever the fuck happens in that movie that's a trippy flick by the way i i would actually recommend that movie but uh, yeah and then like you know then we go back and we see like he kisses jesus on the cheek and all this shit and then like he and then it's just him hanging himself, and all the pieces of silver go away, and then he doesn't die. That's the whole thing, right? Is uh, God steps in and he's like, "Not so fast, Judas. No suicide for you." And then you know, like he just hangs there till the sun goes down. He doesn't fucking die, and that's how a vampire started. So God, God yeah. is responsible for all the carnage. All the carnage. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 1800s London, up until 2000 New Orleans, all the carnage. Thanks a lot, God. Hey, Judas, you betrayed my bo- my innocent young boy, Jesus. And for the punishment for that, I want you to stick around and betray, you know, betray some more people, hurt some innocent <laughs> folk. Yeah, as your punishment, you get to kill, fuck, steal, and live on the high horse yeah, forever. for all eternity. Oh, yeah? How the fuck is that punishment? But guess what? No sunlight for you, buddy. <laughs> you could do what you want, but, you know, eh, reasonable, you know, after dark. And you, Doubting Thomas, you're going to be Hellraiser now. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. What the fuck? It doesn't make any sense. How is that a punishment? I'd love to see the scene of Doubting Thomas, like, his beard and long brown hair just all pulled off and just pins getting shoved into his face. And God's like, one more pin, Doubting Thomas. Two more pins, Doubting Thomas. And here's your orb, Doubting Thomas. Now get in this cube, Doubting Thomas. Off to the hell dimension with you. Took me seven days to make Earth. Took me an afternoon to make all these boogeymen. (laughs) Here's your new friends, Doubting Thomas. I call them the Cenobites. Got a real monster squad with all these rotten disciples. <laughs> oh, oh, Peter, you're going to deny Jesus, huh? What's the Frankenstein for you? <laughs> wait, wait. What? There was, but Frankenstein wasn't around yet to be. No, 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 no. He, he lived forever. That's, you're wrong, Eric. It'll come back around. They all live forever. Don't, and you, Mary Magdalene, <laughs> Medusa for you. <laughs> <laughs> She's <called the> Greece. <laughs> And, and that's how... Going back in time to become Medusa, <laughs> by the way. 
time travel and snake hair for you. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of turning people to stone, she turns them to pillars of salt. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because why not? Why the fuck not? Uh, Pon- and Pontius Pilate as Cloverfield. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel bad for those two other dudes that got crucified along with Jesus. Well, one of them goes to heaven, so he's got and, it good. But and, the other one's a rotten shit, just is like, ah, yeah. fuck it. And yeah, and, G- and, G- and Jesus turns him into Hitler, so... <laughs> So it's okay. That's his punishment. <laughs> that other guy's Ray Winstone from The Departed. Oh, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. Crucify me. Fuck it. He kind of is. because I mean, like, here's the thing. If I'm being crucified next to this guy that's been saying he's a god and I don't believe in shit, and this other guy's like, hey, man, can you get me out of this jam? And he's like, and this day you'll be with me in heaven. I wouldn't be like, ah, fuck you, pussy. Like, <laughs> I'd try and get in on that sweet action just in case. Because, you know, as a lying, cheating scumbag, don't you possess the ability to fake the funk and give a shit about Jesus for <laughs> yeah, two but, seconds? Yeah, but but in your mind, you're like, I'm not going to, you're my dying breath. I'm going to have some dignity. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking beg a hobo for salvation. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hey, buddy, we're all equal here. I got nails in my arms, too. You don't see me write, tell me, tell people to write a book about it. (laughs) Blasphemy. Fuck heaven, I want to be a vampire. <laughs> yeah, how do I become, how do I get into this vampire action? <laughs> I just feel bad for those guys because, like, talk about getting screwed over on the world stage, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, wait, all right, so it's me and then this rapist. Okay, and who's that other guy? Oh, he's what? <laughs> oh, he's the son of God. And we're kill. Oh, this is going to be really terrible. Yeah, they're, they're the Pete Best of the biblical age. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. So Dracula 2000. I mean, the movie, this is the big fucking reveal. And, you know, now she's got this knowledge. And for some reason, like, that's the kind of, this is one of the things that, I, that this movie never nails down. Does being a vampire make you evil? Because a yeah. lot of, a lot of, most vampire lore nails that down. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you make the choice, like the hunger gets you and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do it in this movie. It's nope. just super ambiguous. It's super ambiguous. And then you've got, Okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So Jennifer Esposito uh, has hand-to-hand combat with Johnny Lee Miller, even though she's a fucking feral animal and could just kill him instantly. Yeah. She decides to shoot him or try to shoot him with the uh, the steak gun. I, I don't know if we want to talk about the lip-biting scene. Is that something even worth, worth it? Well, so Dracula uh, turns Mary into a vampire. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, they're like, all right, now you have to kill Johnny Lee Miller. That's your first fucking sacrifice. Just do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. And she like, yeah. Fa- <laughs> hey, yeah, do, do yeah. it, yeah. get it, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. vampire action, do it, yeah. <laughs> it's like the guy. sounds like a rapist Joe Pesci. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like it's like the guy in uh, fall. It's like the Nazi in falling down. Give it to me, give it to me, <laughs> and then he gets stabbed in the heart. What's this dude in there? That guy loves getting tortured and killed, which is weird. <laughs> Come on, give it to me, give it to me. So, yeah, so she, like, bites the inside of her mouth and just drools all over his neck and fakes, you know, biting his neck or whatever. But what doesn't make any sense about this is there is no preset plan for this. No. So she is just doing it, and Johnny Lee Miller's like, ah, like, screaming. How would he know that she's faking that? Like, what? 
I would be like, wait, what are you? Oh, this doesn't hurt. So, oh, wait. Oh, it's a plan. Oh, I'm ruined. <laughs> oh, it. ow, ow. This sucks. Ow. And oh, it's like, ow. And it's like they're old partners. They just met tonight. <laughs> yeah, this isn't fucking Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> yeah, she, she's not like pulling on her ear and he's like, I get it. Martin, I knew that when you went to bite my neck, you weren't really going to do it. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it, Martin. <laughs> So, yeah, so then, like, Vitamin C's, like, she faked it, the bitch. And then, like, they just start fighting. She gets decapitated. Oh, she gets decapitated right quick. And, yeah, so then, so here we are. And so it's Dracula and Mary. They're having a Dracula fight outside. It's a big old Matrix Dracula fight. And, yeah, this is when she's, she knows what's going on or whatever. And then, of course, wherever they are, there's a gigantic uh, neon-lit fucking... Uh, Crucifix. Uh, crucifix with with a very smug looking Jesus drawing. Like he's just looking down, like yeah, okay. <laughs> he's got like a side smile. It's one of the. I, I prefer these. It's a very like. Uh, um, it, it's not a very Anglican looking Jesus, which I like. It, yeah. it, it, there's some ethnicity there, and like he's super skinny and not like not your ripped super Christ, which I'm not crazy about. Those are creepy. Yeah, but in in this movie, the flashbacks to actually Jesus Christ because he's a character in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, yep. he's he's more of got of like a blondish, dirty blonde beard, or whatever. Yeah. No, I don't know. No, doesn't, yeah, doesn't work for me. Nobody has like a dejected Baywatch cast member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no sandy blonde hair back in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so like J- Johnny Lee Miller and Jenner, you're right. Jennifer Esposito is like trying to shoot him with his own gun. I was like, you're a fucking vampire. Yeah, just, just finish it off so you can double team this other vampire. Exactly. It's my first day. <laughs> it you're right. It is her first day. Did someone date double team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, a, she's absolutely terrible in this movie. She's awful. She's just a fucking rancid horn dog. And, you know, that's like. Why isn't vitamin C acting like that? Why isn't Jerry Ryan acting like that? Like, she is just horning it the fuck up for no reason. And, you know, I get it. Like, the wives of Dracula, the brides of Dracula, the daughters of Dracula, you know, whatever incarnation they are. You know, they're supposed to be seductive and whatever. But she's just like, yeah. Yeah. yeah." She she says, I like to suck twice in this film. She's making both of the suck jokes in this movie. And both times I was like... (laughs) <laughs> Talk about just seeing a balloon deflate. And then Johnny Lee Miller cuts her head off with garden shears, which doesn't make sense because I thought the whole way you can cut a vampire's head off was with silver, right? I don't know. Maybe they're really fancy garden shears. This <laughs> is America's Europe. <laughs> Anti-gun <laughs> So, yeah, so then it gets down to just Dracula and Mary, and she, like, wraps a bunch of wire around his neck. But this whole fight, she's trying to tell him how much Jesus loves him. Yes, yes, that's the whole thing, is she's like, yeah, he, he'll forgive you, he still will love you, and he's like, no, nay, no, nay, won't fight that woman. <laughs> and she wraps this wire around him, and just, like, wraps her arms around him and throws herself off the building and it's like oh okay so the way you kill Dracula is to hang him all right and then like so that's happening and he's getting hung but he's definitely still alive and i'm like all right well wait a second like what was the problem that Christopher Plummer couldn't crack <laughs> and then the sun just starts coming up and Dracula fucking dies yeah. and you're like well, no wait why why Abraham Van Helsing, like the ground zero of vampire hunters, couldn't figure this shit out. Like for hundreds of years, you just put him in the backyard, chain to chain him up like a goddamn dog, and you're done. 
He could have had a normal family life. His wife and daughter wouldn't have had to flee to New Orleans. He wouldn't have had to be injecting himself for 200 years. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe he figured it out, but he was still, like, too addicted to the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it a secret? But the weird part about it is, and I mean, again, like, I, I, look, I was raised Catholic, and I, I have no problem with Catholicism, Christianity, any of that stuff. But this movie is just so pandering to Christian mythology where Dracula gets, like, gets into it at the end and, like, forgives, uh, Mary Van Helsing for killing him and, like, re- releases her from he his curse. He learns to turn the other cheek. <laughs> he does. He's like, all right, you're right. Maybe that, maybe that, that old bastard I <laughs> double crossed was gone to something. I just don't understand. Is that a thing? Like, I, I, I've heard of the part of the vampire lore where it's like, if you kill the vampire who made you, sometimes the mm. curse is lifted. Right, like the Lost Boys or something. Yeah, or but like the it, Simpsons. <laughs> yes, you kill Mr. Burns and you won't be vampires anymore. But it's never, I've never heard it like, the vampire can just be like, nah, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, so we're yeah, square. So, yeah, exactly. We're, all right, well, we're settled up. I'm gonna die. I might as well let you go. And the last three minutes of this movie is so confusing. So like, she has crazy vampire eyes, and then he goes, "I forgive you," and like her eyes turn <laughs> white and then turn regular, and you're like, "Oh, I guess she's not a vampire anymore." And then he cooks up like you do when the sun happens. Yeah, he go, he fries up and whatever, and then it's just fast forward to they're back in London, and there's this voiceover <laughs> of her diary. Of course, because every vampire hunter has to keep a diary. You just yeah. have to. In the case that you yourself are slain, you know. Long ago, Judas Iscariot tried to die for his sins, but he was denied. Today the rope did not break, and he was burned in the first light of dawn. I am now the keeper of what remains. If the soul of Dracula still flickers in his ashes, I will keep it forever contained. For the first time in my life, I know who I am and where my future lies. I am Mary Van Helsing. I am my father's daughter. And nothing can ever take that away. You know, she's talking about how I have the ashes of Dracula, you know, back with it. By the way, they bring the whole coffin back. (laughs) It's back in Christopher Plummer's, like, hiding place. Family heirloom. (laughs) It's just an urn. Like, you just need an urn at that point, though. Why do you have a big fucking coffin? And also, though, here's the big mistake that she makes. Divvy up those ashes, man. Fucking four corners of the globe. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why, why keep them together? Exactly. So, yeah. So she's like, all right, you know, I know who I am now. I'm Mary Van Helsing. It's kind of like she's putting like the last chapter in her diary before she goes off to college because she's kind of like i'm so excited to start the new chapter of my life tomorrow she's wearing leather pants it's a very empowering scene that's how you know she's down with the sickness man she's got those <laughs> leather fucking pants on. but at the last shot of the movie is her like it's kind of like it's either the, this was a backdoor pilot for a, a usa tv series because <laughs> she's like and every week i'll fight the forces of the undead doubting thomas or no <laughs> Lady Van Helsing. <laughs> and the last shot is her eye turning into a vampire eye again. I'm like, well, what the fuck happened? Well, I mean, she's just got that shit going through her blood, man. That yeah. That gave her. So that's like, mm. even even Dracula saying we're cool, you know, that's like and a thanks, but no it's thanks. It's also potentially setting up Dracula 2001. <laughs> well, they had... A space odyssey? <laughs> oh, Dr- man, Dracula, Dracula in space? space. Oh. <laughs> they did... 
Uh, this movie was directed by uh, Patrick Lussier. Uh, he did this movie. He did Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. He also directed the two direct-to-DVD sequels of this movie. Which I believe both, or at least one of them stars uh, Jason Scott Lee, who played Liu Kang. Yes, I think he's in both of them. Yeah. But that's so this is, that's a, a fun karate element, probably. I hope so. Vampires versus people who know karate. I'm that's down. always fun. Oh, man. This movie was not fun, though. Would anybody recommend this movie? No, there's nothing. I mean, like, it's interesting for the Judas element, but, like, it's just one of those things where, like, it shouldn't be a twist. It's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with Dracula. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be perfectly clear. Like, I don't understand why you couldn't make, like, Dracula 2000. You're right, Harvey Weinstein. That's a great concept. Let's just make <laughs> Dracula 2000. Nowhere in there does it say Christianity's Dracula 2000. That's not the movie I need to see. The Holy Bible presents Dracula 2000. Monty Python and the Dracula 2000. <laughs> yeah, that sounds better than this. I would not recommend this. It, it, I mean, we watched so many movies for this thing, and this one is just hard to get through for me. <laughs> I mean, on top of, you know, I would not recommend it either. On top of it being. Uh, you know, just a shitty vampire movie, just a shitty horror movie. It's a boring fucking horror movie, man. Yeah. You want to talk about downtime. I mean, it's just slow as shit. There's a lot of looking at your phone in this movie. And, you know, if you're looking for vampire movies, it's not like there's a short supply. Like, no, like great stuff. Go to Netflix and find almost anything else. I think the original Bela Lugosi's on Netflix. Yeah, the universe. There's a lot of the Universal flicks uh, got put the on whole Instagram. Monster Squad's up there. <laughs> Watch that instead of this. I almost don't. I mean, cause we t- the reason I watched them was because we talked about it on the show. But those Blade movies, mm-hmm. uh, like, I actually just rewatched them. And that's what Dracula 2000 is. It's yeah. like cool, sexy action vampire, blah, 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 with the year 2000. There's techno music. No Linkin Park. That's <laughs> that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the soundtrack alone should put you off to this. And, you know, I actually, I said it uh, at the end of the Spawn episode, I believe it was, and I'll recommend it again here. I would watch Blade Trinity over this movie. <laughs> Blade Trinity is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and it was more engaging and entertaining than this movie. Oh, yeah, dude. A stake through the hard <laughs> fucking funniest thing of uh, all time well you're all welcome yeah yeah uh-huh <laughs> it's due to it was my ringtone for a while <laughs> when you'd call it would be a stick through the heart a stick through uh, the when, heart when anyone else calls it would be um i don't know wh- one of his popular songs oh, miss misery yeah or needle in the hay yeah <laughs> oh yeah it. that's a real that's blast it. No, it was actually I had the graduation song from Vitamin C, who's featured in the film. <laughs> oh man, I keep waiting for that comeback of hers. Yeah, any day now. Yeah, you it's can check happen. the Wikipedia, and there's actually uh, documentation of her having recorded, I think, two albums to come back to. Oh, uh, and they just did, yeah. Did they come out? No. Oh, <laughs> you know what's amazing. Johnny Lee Miller is just sitting on a brick of money right now. Playing goddamn Sherlock Holmes, dude. dude. that guy is doing just okay. He's got it oh, figured hold, right hold, out. Hold on, hold on. I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. Okay, yeah. You're, you're about to put the curse on Johnny <laughs> yeah, Miller. No, 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 no. Because especially because, man, that sequel's coming out. They're filming that sequel. What sequel? To, uh, what do you call oh, it? Oh, Train Spotting. Train Spotting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Train Spotting. Weirdly, Train Spotting is a summer movie for me. I kind of watch it all, every oh, summer. Really? Well, get, get you ready. in the mood to go to the beach. 
Get ready for train spotting. 2000. <laughs> so next week's summer rerun, as the rerun train keeps going. Uh, Halloween 3, oh. Season of the Witch. This is probably one of the all-time fan favorites episodes. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that next week. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Take it easy. Take it easy.